Thanks for listening to the Calvary Baptist Church Podcast. For more information, check us out at cbctaylorville.com. Join us now as our guest speaker delivers this week's message. I hope most of you guys um, understood what we, what we were trying to go for there. Um, if you didn't, I encourage you to go home and YouTube um, Home Improvement, and then you'll be able to find out. Um, thank you guys for joining us today. If you're tuning in live with us, thank you for being here as well. Um, home Improvement was a good show. I watched that show growing up. Um, man, it was, it was funny. Um, but the one thing I actually really liked was Mr. Wilson. Now, I don't know if anything we were talking about right there is true. I don't know if the closer the earthworms are to the top, the closer spring is. That's not the point. The thing is, Mr. Wilson in the show, he always took time to be a neighbor. He was always doing random things. That's one of the things that popped out to me is even though he was always doing something, whenever um, Tim or one of the boys came out and asked for advice, Wilson was always in the middle of doing something. And it was always super random. But the thing is, he was always in the middle of doing something. And there was a line that he said a lot, not in every, every episode, but he said it a lot. And he said, I always have time for you, good neighbor. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to be kind of exploring that today, um, what it looks like to have time to be a neighbor. And so as we focus on that today, um, I want to pray real quick before we go any farther. Um, it helps kind of clear my mind. And so we're going we're gonna to go ahead and pray. If you guys would just bow with me, you guys can pray here or at home, wherever you may be. Lord, I just want to thank you for today. Thank you for each and every individual in here today, Lord. God, you brought everybody here on purpose and for purpose, Lord. There was, there's no accidents. Nobody is here today by accident. Nobody is listening online today by accident. Lord, God, I just ask that you speak through me, that these are not my words, that, you, that they are yours, Lord. Um, and God, I just ask that you um, help us to be able to receive the word from you this, today. And I pray all of this in your name. Amen. So as we were talking, um, Wilson, that was one of the key things. Wilson always took time to be a neighbor. And that's what we're going to be exploring. And if we look, um, if we look in Matthew 22, 37 through 39, this is where we're going to kind of come from today. This is a, a verse that we've been kind of focusing on over the last several days. And it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Now this is this part that we have been focusing on over the last few weeks. It says, and second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, over the last several weeks, we've looked at what that, what that is, what that looks like to love your neighbor as yourself. We've learned that um, loving our neighbor includes loving my neighbor enough to get to know them. I don't know about you guys, but I, I've personally not done a great job of that. Um, there's neighbors, I'm not just where I'm living now, but in previous houses and stuff like that. There's neighbors. I've, I've lived in places where I never even knew my neighbor. Never even knew their name. I'd lived there for several years. So loving your neighbor enough to get to know them. One of the other things we've learned is loving a neighbor who is difficult or different. Now you might be sitting there thinking, I don't have any difficult neighbors. Now all those are pretty normal. If you don't think you have a difficult neighbor, then there's a possibility... Maybe you, never mind, don't worry about it, but think through that. Loving your neighbor enough to love the difficult ones as well. Loving your neighbor that has been overlooked. Are you overlooking your neighbors? We've also learned that our neighbor isn't just the person living in the house next to us, but it's also the person that God puts in our path 
on a daily basis, the person that is in our regular sphere of influence, whether that be at school, at work, at the grocery store, standing in line at the checkout, maybe walking down the street, whoever God puts in your life, in the regular sphere of your daily life, that is your neighbor. And are we loving them? We've learned that something about, um, we've learned that loving a neighbor, even though maybe they're hard to love. There's been times in my life where I've definitely lived across or next to somebody that was hard to love. And I'm sure if you guys are like me, you've probably lived there too. Maybe you're living next to somebody right now who is hard to love. So how do we do that? But the thing I wanted to look at today is what I feel um, all of these aspects of neighboring have in common. The thing that kind of brings them all together. And that is, loving my neighbor is going to take time. Ooh. Man, and just like, um, just like over the last several weeks, we've, we've gone through the story of the Good Samaritan. And this is one of the things I absolutely love about Scripture, is that God does not give us excuses. He gives us everything we need. And when he told this story about the Good Samaritan being a neighbor, he didn't leave anything out. It's all accounted for. It shows us everything right there, what it takes to look to be a neighbor. So we're going to start off reading in Luke 10, 30 through 32. It says, In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place, saw him and passed by on the other side. Now we see two men here, and I'm going to guess that both of these men had positions. Both, one was a priest, one was a Levite, and we know that. But we also saw that they both passed by on the other side. Now we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt for just a minute. I know this is, but maybe one of the reasons they didn't stop to help that person is because they didn't have the time. Or they didn't take the time. You know, they're going down the road. They see this man. They just don't have the time to stop. Or they didn't take the time to stop. You see, because one of the things that we know is um, to loving your neighbor, we see that one of the main obstacles to loving our neighbor well is time. How much time are we devoting to that? These men didn't devote any time. Like I said, one was a priest, one was a Levite. They probably had speaking engagements to go to. Maybe they were teaching in a synagogue or something like that. Or maybe they were heading home. We don't know what time of day this was. Maybe they were heading home, trying to get home before dinner. How have we all been there? We're rushing home. We leave work. We're rushing home. We're, we got to get home to the family. We got to get home to dinner. We got to make dinner. We got to do this. We got to do that. And we don't even pay attention to the people around us. And sometimes God puts somebody right in our path that we can be a neighbor with. And we, we go to the other side. But let's kind of look at that for a minute. These men were going from Jericho, from Jerusalem to Jericho, and I have a picture for you. This is the picture of what that road would have looked like. Well, it was probably in a lot better repair. That's, a, like, that's more of a current picture. I, I like to see things with my eyes to kind of see where they were at. But kind of look at that landscape around them. There's not much there. This road 
this, this trip would have been about a 20-mile trip. And, and remind, remind you that these guys didn't have a car. You know, they didn't have a motorcycle. They, that. they might have had a donkey. Odds are they probably did. But this 20-mile trip, if they were on foot, would have taken about eight hours to just walk it. And I'm talking, if you're not, you know, you're not stopping for breaks, you're not smelling the flowers. I mean, it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of flowers around there right now, but, you know, maybe they were smelling the flowers. This is just straight walking, eight hours. Now, if you're like me and you're built like me, I don't, I don't have like a walker's physique. I don't really like walking. Um, I don't really like a whole lot of exercise. I'm sure you guys can't tell that. But the thing is, it would have taken me probably 10, 12, who knows how long. I, honestly, I probably would have given up and just sat there and died. That's a long walk. <laughs> I'm so grateful God decided to put me in a, in a time that I have a car. But you see, the thing is, these guys had things they were doing. They had a place that they were going. This trip was going to take time. This trip was a better part of their day. It was eight hours of their day going from Jerusalem to Jericho. So if we see that, we know that being a neighbor is going to take time. These guys did not take that time. When we continue to read, we see something a little bit different in this next section. If we go on and read Luke 10, 33 through 37... It says, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put this man on his own donkey. I want to stop right there just for a second. This is something that I've read this, several, I've read this scripture several times over the last couple of weeks. As many of you, I'm sure, have if you're following along with us. But this is something that just popped out to me the other day. This guy bandaged him, fixed him up, but then the thing, it says he put him on his own donkey. So odds are now this Samaritan is walking. That's going to take some more time. He was probably making pretty good time, you know, trotting along on his donkey. I don't know how fast donkeys go, but I imagine they go a lot faster than you can walk. But he put, his, put this man on his own donkey. And then he went on, and it says, he brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day... He took out two denarii and then gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robbers? The experts in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told them, go and do likewise. This is one of the things I absolutely love about God's word. He doesn't give us excuses. He puts it there for us. He tells us what to do. The story, if you read through it, as I just did, there's no excuse for time. There's not a clause in there that says, ah, you don't have to stop if you, know, you don't have the time that day, or it's out of your way, or if it, you know, it just doesn't fit into your schedule. There's no excuse for time. The Samaritan took the time. And as I was studying this, I kind of got to thinking, my brain is a lot ADD, and I, I tend to go off on tangents here and there. But as I was, as I was thinking through this, I, was, I thought to myself, I wonder how long this would have taken today, in today's time. You know, I understand like that, that was a long time ago. So to kind of put it in perspective of you for time, what this might have looked like. If we were doing this today, I talked to a friend who has some experience in this. 
And he said, based on his best guess. Now, I understand this is his best guess, but I think it's probably pretty accurate. It says it would be about 30 minutes to treat and transport by ambulance. Not a donkey, mind you. He's not using a donkey today. Treat, 30 minutes to treat and transport by ambulance. At least three hours in the ER being stabilized with x-rays, MRIs, and possibly blood work if surgery was going to be needed. Then moved to an ICU to be provided definitive care. He might remain in the ICU for a couple days while they go through any necessary surgeries for internal injuries, setting broken bones, etc. And then another two or three days in a general recovery room. Then he went on to say, if he had to have any physical therapy, you could be talking weeks. This took time. This is what we would have had to look at today. If we came across a broken and beaten man in modern day, this is probably about the amount of time it would have taken to help this guy. I imagine it was probably not as great back then, but it's going to take time. The Samaritan abandoned all of his plans. We already said that it took about eight hours to get to one place to the other if you're walking. And obviously he had a donkey, so it might have been a little faster. But he stopped. He said he bandaged his wounds. He took him to an inn. I don't know where at in this guy's journey this was. I don't know if it was at the beginning of his journey, the middle of his journey, the end of his journey. But it doesn't really matter. This guy took time. He went someplace else. He took this guy on a donkey. And I don't know about you guys, but he picked him up and put him on his donkey. And I don't know about you, but I have kids, and I've picked them up off the couch when they're, like, dead asleep. And they're not easy to move. I mean, they're just flopping. I can't imagine what it would have been like to pick up a full-grown man, beaten and broken, trying not to hurt him more, and putting him on your own donkey, and then going somewhere with him. You see, what we see here with the Samaritan is to neighbor well, it's going to take time, it's going to be difficult, and you're going to get messy. And we have to be ready for that. Because it says right there in the next, it says right there in verse 35, the next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the man, gave them to the innkeeper, look after him, he said. When I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense. So it did cost him money too. But it says the next day. So we know this Samaritan has already lost a day. And he's going to be going back the next day to check on him. The Samaritan potentially lost two or three days of his, whatever he was doing, to be a neighbor to this man. Now, I'm not saying everything you do might take two or three days to be a neighbor. It might take longer. But it's going to take time. And that's what we see. He makes a time commitment to come back and check on this person. Taking time for my neighbor is going to take a commitment. When you do all these things that we talked about at the beginning that we've learned over the last couple of weeks, and to do them well, it's going to take a time commitment. You're going to have to commit to serving your neighbor, to spending time on your neighbor. And this is one of those things that, that always kind of got me because when I, when I teach a message, it's not, you know, even in, whether it's in here or if it's over at the student ministry, it's not a message I'm just preaching to you guys because I feel like you need to learn it. Guys, I've been struggling with this for the last couple of weeks. God's been working on my heart about taking time. How many of us have gone about our day and we, we see somebody on the side of the road 
for me, I've seen, I, this has been for me a couple times. I've seen somebody on the side of the road, and I think, man, I should stop and help that person. But then, then, I, then I get into my head, and I think, nah, I don't have the time for that. I don't know what that might entail. That might be a mess. That might be, you know, that might be getting into a whole can of worms. But God's been working on me in my heart, and I hope he works on you guys to take the time to serve your neighbor, to take the time to be a neighbor. This man was a neighbor. He took the time. It was messy, and it was difficult. This kind of brings me to my next question. How are we using our time? Ooh. When I started asking myself that question, it got a little rough. <laughs> How are we using our time that we are given? Every time I call my mom, I talk to her. I try to call her periodically. For many of you that don't know, she does not live around here. I don't get to see her very often. She lives in Montana. But every time I call my mom, she always asks me the same thing. How are you guys doing? You guys doing all right? And without fail, and I don't know why, but I typically answer, yeah, we're doing good. We're busy, but good. She says, that's what you always say. You're always busy. How many of you guys out there can relate to that? We always feel busy. We just come up with something. I'm too busy for that. I'm too busy for this. I can't possibly add one more thing to my schedule. I'm just busy. Someone asks you to do something. Man, I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty busy. We use it for an excuse because we're busy. You know, maybe you really are, and that's fine, but maybe it has become an excuse God puts somebody into your path. God puts a neighbor in front of you that needs some help. And you think in your head, man, I'm too busy for that. I don't have time for that. I don't have time. I'm too busy. Like I said, <laughs> once again, the word of God doesn't leave anything out. If we spend some time reading God's word, you're going to find out that he does not give us a whole lot of options when he commands us to do something or he asks us to do something. Matthew 22, 37-33, read a little bit at the beginning. But it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then it goes on to say the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. I don't know about you guys, but reading through that command, that, that little bit there, and there's, there's not a whole lot of words there. But I don't see anything in there where, it, where God's giving us um, an out where he said something like you know if you're too busy that day don't worry about it don't worry about being a neighbor don't, you don't have to take the time you're busy you're in a hurry you got a lot going on there's nothing in there about that it says love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself he's not giving us an option this is what we're supposed to do this is what we are called to do so are we taking the time to do that? And that got me thinking. I kind of read through that, and I know that God's put us on this earth for a, a purpose, and he's given us the time that we have, but what are we using our time on? And that's where I got to looking up a few things. Now, this doesn't apply to everybody, and this doesn't apply to all things. But in the U.S., the average adult spends 38 minutes per day on Facebook. 
Now, that might be for a good reason. It might not be. I don't know. That's up to you. 16 to 24-year-olds spend a median of three hours a day on social media. Internet users spend an average of two hours and 22 minutes per day on social media in 2019. That's a jump from 2018 when it was just 142 minutes. But we're busy. We don't have time. By 2021, by this year, more than 3 billion people are expected to be on social media. And projections for social media use estimate the average adult will spend, get this, six years and eight months of our life on social media. Ooh. Now, obviously, that depends on how long you live and all that, but the average adult throughout their life will spend six years and eight months on social media. Now, the reason I kind of pick social media is because I know for myself, I waste a lot of time on social media. And I'm going to guess that there's some of you out here that do as well. But for you, maybe it's not social media. Maybe you're like, man, I don't even know what a Facebook is. I don't even know what social media is. I don't even have something that can do that sort of thing. Oh, that's all right. Somebody else is using your time. But for maybe for you, it's your addiction to work. Always, constantly working. You've got to do more, got to do more, got to do more. And pretty soon you say, I'm too busy. I don't have time for anything else. Or maybe it's running from one sports event to another, picking up one kid here, picking up another kid there, dropping off a kid there, running from here, running from there, doing this or that. We fill our life up with things. And I'm not saying, none of, I'm not saying any of that's bad. I'm not saying you shouldn't be on social media. I'm not saying you shouldn't be in sports. I'm not saying you shouldn't work. But we've got to watch what we're spending our time on, how much time we're devoting to these things. Because it comes down to the fact that we always say, I don't have time. And I don't know if you guys are like me, but over the last little bit, over the last uh, three weeks of listening to Pastor Talk about what it takes to be a neighbor. You know, whether we're, not, whether we're loving our neighbor enough to get to know them, that's going to take some time. Maybe not a lot, but it's going to take some time. Maybe loving those ones that are neighbors that are difficult, hard to love, that's probably going to take a little more time. Guys, if you're like me, you've sat here over the last couple of weeks, and for myself, I realize I've not been a good neighbor most of my life. I've not been a godly neighbor most of my life. I struggle with that, as I'm sure most of us do to some degree. And I'm sitting here thinking, man, there's no way I can do all this, 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 and this. I don't have time for that, right? Like, man, this looks hard. To be a neighbor the way God asks us to be a neighbor is going to be hard. We're going to be messy, just like the Samaritan. He bandaged a broken and half-dead man on the side of the road and put him on his own donkey and went with him. Now, you cannot tell me that that was not difficult. You can't tell me that that Samaritan didn't get messy. And as we already looked at, he spent time on that. So being a neighbor, being a godly neighbor, is going to be difficult. You're going to get messy, and it's going to take time. But like I said, what are we filling our time with? How are we doing that? God's given us a certain amount of time each and every day. 
We have to make the time within our day to be a neighbor. So look at your day. What are you spending your time on? Because even though God's given us all the time we need within the day to be a neighbor the way he asked us to be, we're not guaranteed time. It says in Psalms 90.12, it says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We see in this that time, the time we have is limited. God's given us the ability, God's given us the time within the day to be a neighbor, to do what he has called us to do. Because we see that our time isn't, lim- our time isn't infinite. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't really even know what's going to happen later today. So are you using your time wisely? The time that God has given you, are you using it to be a neighbor, to share the truth and the love of Jesus Christ with those around you? Because just like it says in James 4.14, and this is one of my favorite verses, it always kind of helps put things into perspective for me. But it says, why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Guys, like I said, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen today. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. So let's use the time that God has given us now to do what he has called us to do. That's one of the things that we need to look at. What are we using our time on? How are we navigating our time Maybe you're sitting out here today, sitting out here this morning, and you, you know that you have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You know you have that assurance. Man, ask God, ask God to work on your heart. Ask God to show you where you, can, where you can adjust your time, adjust your busyness, adjust your hurriedness to where you have time to be a neighbor to somebody else around you to do what God has called us to do. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. Are we taking the time to do that? Author John Orthberg said, love and hurry are fundamentally incompatible. Love always takes time, and time is the one thing hurry people don't have. Are you hurried? Do you feel like you're hurried? If you are, you probably don't have time to love your neighbor. So evaluate where you're at. This is what I've been looking at my life over the last couple weeks, and I realize I spend a lot of time doing things that don't benefit my neighbor or don't fall in line with what God asked us to do, to love our neighbor as ourselves. Just like it said there in Psalms, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We need to be asking God to show us what it looks like to number our days and ask him for wisdom on how to, how to lay out our day, how to approach our day to where we can have the time to be a neighbor to the ones around us. There's a couple of things I wanted you to think about this week as we get ready to go back out into our daily lives, into our weekly lives, where you're going to see neighbors, where you're going to have neighbors cross your path. 
Where is your time going? We've already talked about some of the things that we waste our time on, but where is your time going? Now, if, you were, if we were over at the student center and you guys were all my students, I'd tell you, I'd probably give you all a piece of paper and a pen right now because um, odds are if I sent them home, they wouldn't actually do this. But I'm just going to go ahead and trust that you guys, you guys maybe will go home and do it. But I encourage you, go home, get a piece of paper, get a pen, and think through the things that you waste time on during the day, the things that you don't necessarily need to be doing, or maybe the things you spend too much time doing. Like I said, being on social media is not ungodly and it's not bad, but how much time are you spending on it? So write those things down. Make a list. And then next to each one of those things, go back and think through, all right, how much time do I waste on this a day? Write that time down. And go down the list and figure that out. It'll be eye-opening, I promise. Think through that. And then total it all up at the bottom and look at how much time each day you're wasting. And then ask God to help you refocus that time to be able to love your neighbor so you're not hurried, so you're not rushed from one place to the other. And the last thing I want you guys to kind of think through as we go out is how are you doing on your time? You know, maybe you've made this list. Evaluate yourself. How are you doing? How are you using your time? As we pray and as we close, I just want you to think through those couple things. But I also want to say, if, if you find yourself in here this morning, or if you're listening online, and we're going through this, and you realize you don't necessarily know for sure whether or not you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I encourage you. Ask God to come into your heart. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Repent. And start that new life. And start that light, life off neighboring well loving your neighbor, taking the time to do that. And if you're not sure and if you have questions about what that looks like, I would love to talk to you. If you're listening online, you can, you can message our church. You can come and talk to pastor. We would love to talk to you because like I said, we are not guaranteed tomorrow. Like it says in James, our life is like a mist. It's here today and gone tomorrow. We're not guaranteed tomorrow, so ask God to show us the wisdom that we have to show us how to use wisdom to, to take stock of our daily life, what we're spending, what we're using our time on. And then let's neighbor well. Let's take the time to be a good neighbor. Let's pray. Lord God, I just want to thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to serve you. Lord, I thank you for um, kind of waking myself up, waking my eyes up to see that I do waste a lot of time, Lord that I don't take the time to be a neighbor when you've put a neighbor right in front of my path. And Lord, as we, as we leave out here today, God, I just ask that um, we evaluate our time, that you give us wisdom on how to manage our time well so that we can do what you have asked us to do and to love our neighbor as ourselves, Lord. Lord God, as we, as we go out, I just ask that this isn't something that just sticks out and we say, this was good, this was fun. But it's something that we can apply to our lives, something that we can focus on in our own lives. So we can go back and love the neighbor, so we can have the time to love our neighbor the way that you have designed, Lord.
Lord God, I thank you for all of this. I just pray all this in your name. If you guys will just keep praying for a minute, ask God to show you where you can improve, to show you where you can manage your time better, to give you wisdom in that. So just take a couple minutes and, and pray through that.